Hello. Welcome to the Daily Cron for Tuesday, March 26th, 2019. I'm Stephen Tolton. So today I was working with a colleague trying to fix uh, some uh, minor push notification issue, and I was rooting around code that I haven't looked at in like two years at least, and probably some of it I originally wrote way longer than that ago, and got me thinking a little bit about uh, Drexel Mobile and and uh, how we did push notifications, because I think it was actually kind of a kind of a cool little project I did, especially when we did it so many years ago. Uh, today, I think everybody knows what push notifications are. You know, they're uh, even considered a plague <laughs> by some. You know, you get all those, you get inundated with all those those notifications all the time, and uh, but they're very useful. I think we all had experiences where they are very useful, and and uh, and. You know, in a university, there's obviously some very useful piece of information you might want to know right away. So when we originally started designing the push notification system, we had certain I, certain pieces of information in mind. And primarily, uh, you know, near the top of that list was final grades because students want to know their final grades right away. And so what they used to do, um, and probably still do <laughs> today, they, but to a degree, but what they they used to do is they have to go to whatever system uh i think originally like a website and you'd have to go and they keep refreshing waiting for the grades i remember vaguely doing that when i was in college you know just going refresh 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 so what we wanted to do is we wanted to take that data and we wanted to push it out to all of the people who were running uh, drexel mobile who had push notifications enabled and were like a student and had one of these grades and then that way it would just tell them it wouldn't tell them their grade i don't think I, i'm not sure I can't quite remember what the data was, but um, the grades are in the app, uh, you know, but the push notification would tell you that there was a new grade. I think that's how it works. Push notification would tell you there's a new grade, and then you would you'd open it, and it would open up in the app and show you the uh, final grades area of the app so you could see them. Yes, that makes sense. Um, so we would, we would do that. And also sometimes you want to send some important information to students. Uh, so uh, the administration will sometimes have something that needs to go out. And it'll go out by email, and also sometimes go out as a push notification. But those types are pretty rare. We do not want to spam people with push notifications, especially because uh, I think in retrospect we made a very wise decision to be as minimal as possible with the actual number of notifications we sent. We always were thinking in terms of what well, we really do not want to spam people. So uh, that's I, I think it was really wise because today we can see just how many apps spam you all the time, like. You know, like Facebook and uh, social media uh, systems are notorious for this. And like, for instance, despite my best efforts, I cannot get like Facebook and Instagram stuff to completely stop sending me annoying messages that I don't want. Like there's some messages I want and then there's other ones I don't. And it just doesn't let me control it the way I want to. And we didn't want people to get frustrated with, uh, you know, push notifications. So we kept it really simple. Only a few different types of things would get sent to you, and only very important stuff. So if you got a push notification, it was important information and something you would you would want to know right away. So that was our thinking. <clears throat> and uh, the original implementation of it, uh, I don't want to go too much into the boring details of it, but I will say that um, at at one point, I believe we had like four different platforms working. So our push notification system had to work with iOS, Android, Windows Phone, which is particularly interesting. I think maybe I'll talk about that in a minute. And I think even BlackBerry at one point. And if I remember correctly, there was a transitional period where Android push notification system had been was changing over. Uh, and so we were kind of handling clients that had two different, <laughs> using two different Android systems. So I use a third-party 
client for the communication with the vendor backends like Apple and Google, et cetera. But all the other stuff, the integrates our system, you know, I had to write. And for the most part, it, writing a push navigation system is fairly straightforward. You essentially need somewhere on, like a database, uh, however that is implemented, of subscriptions. And then you need uh, some library or something that helps you or a third-party service you can subscribe to that helps you uh, send them out to you know devices and things. And um, and then you need some way of taking whatever data you have at, from wherever you're getting it from, like grades or important announcements, and packaging it up into the formats necessary. So uh, what made it a little bit complicated and, and back in the day kind of an interesting problem to build many years ago was that we wanted to do all these cross-platform things, and they all worked a bit differently. Like Apple's system was very fast and efficient, but it wasn't as easy to work with as something else. Like the, the funny thing is the Windows phone, which I mean, I don't even know if a lot of people listening to this even remember Windows phone at this point, but Microsoft had Windows phone and it had some really innovative features in there. And for push notifications, they had two, two different kinds of push notifications. They had a, like the more of a standard push notification, like you'd expect, like it, it push notification hits your phone as a little, little pop-up says, Hey, you're, you know, you have a notification. But then they also had these this concept of these live tiles, right? So I remember I had to build a dispatcher that sent out regular push notifications, like here's your new grade and stuff for, to everybody. And then I was also doing this special thing just for the live tiles because they were very different. Uh, and so we were trying to to create this thing where if you had a Windows phone, you could the, the the live tile for the app would show different information on there. And so there was like it was a completely separate kind of dispatcher because different people would be subscribed to that and. You could have that subscribed and not the other thing, and it was it was kind of an interesting thing. It, it um, I remember being a little bit of a pain to get to work, but what was interesting about Windows, Microsoft was pretty forward thinking, I believe, about how they implemented their push notification system, uh, at least from terms of like interoperating with it. So back back when when push notification was new, it was basically an Apple thing, <clears throat> and then Google implemented something. But when uh, I think it's how it went. So then, but when Apple did it, their system was um, kind of lower levels, kind of, uh, I don't want to get too bogged down on technical details, but it's like a binary protocol. So you can, you can like, like a fire hose, you can send a huge number of messages out to their system and it doesn't require a lot of uh, bandwidth, doesn't require a lot of processor time or anything. But the downside is by the time, if, if an error happens and some of that, you know, that, that fire hose of messages of an error happens, by the time you get like a message back from them that there was an error, you might have to kind of figure out where that error was in that list of stuff you sent, you know. And then there was also a separate process that you have to check in with to find out if you should unsubscribe and like stop trying to send stuff to a device because someone, I don't know, because the device got turned off or something like that. And so that's implemented, but uh, it, it, I don't, I feel like it doesn't always work hundred percent. And now Apple's updated their system since then. There's like a different mechanism you can kind of use to do more modern approach to the push navigation system, but I'm not using that at the moment. In fact, a lot of people don't seem to be using that. Um, but you know, the old way work with certificates and I have to update them every year. It's very annoying, but, uh, anyway, but the windows one was very different. It was just HTTP messages. Like, you know, like you go into your browser and you type like, you know, dailychronopodcast.com. Well, like that sends a, a message to the web server. And so there was a, in the, for Windows Phone, you would just send this message. And I believe every 
yeah, every client, like every every phone had a kind of unique URL, and then you would just post to that URL like your message, and then you'd get back feedback from it directly. So it was really nice about it is that you could know down to like a particular message or like a particular phone, like something went wrong, you know, and you or you know that it worked. And so that was actually really nice. Um, I don't know how efficient that is, you know, for a huge number of messages, but it, it didn't have any, there was no issue with the number of messages we were sending anyway. Uh, so that was actually pretty cool. And what it made, it made it very simple to, to deal with. It made it very simple to understand what's happening. And uh, so that was cool. The uh, Google system, there was like two of them at one point, And now we're transitioning to like a third variation of it. Uh, and theirs works uh, pretty simply, too. Uh, but the advantage of all these... Apple's the one that's actually, the it's in my experience with this, the most reliable one. Like, it's never broken, <laughs> but it was always the most annoying one. So to develop for it, uh, originally, there's and there was, there was a test environment, and there's like a production environment. And so you had to have, you had to generate these uh, cryptographic certificates, and you needed like separate ones for each environment. And they... <laughs> And I needed separate builds of the client to to read from each environment, so it was a real pain to test everything. And so you'd I'd go to send a message when I was originally developing this, and then it wouldn't show up on my phone. I'm like, oh crap! Like, what did I do? Did I forget to use the right certificate on the server side? Did I forget to use the right build on my phone? And you have to go and make sure all that stuff is lined up before you send another test message. Now Apple actually updated that years ago, so you can basically have one certificate. It made things a lot easier. So I can just when I test things, I, I can just send it right to my production device, and you know, that's fine. <clears throat> the original implementation of our of our whole system uh, was all like driven from some database tables, and now it, it has uh, some queues in there. So if you're like a developer, you know what I'm talking about. We have like RabbitMQ we use to help uh, shuttle messages around and to make the the whole process a lot simpler for the dispatcher. But the the nowadays though the stuff you can do with push notifications are really cool and we're not even doing that stuff i mean there's all kinds of uh you can do silent push notifications to make your app do things in the background while you're you know not aware uh you can do uh uh you know so you can like download things you can have these rich notifications now that have like more information in them than you could before and you can like 3d touch on them on an iphone you can see you know messages parts your email message you can uh they could do this whole like encrypted thing where you can even you know have completely end-to-end encrypted push notifications it's very cool very very cool but the 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 issues i've always had with uh getting this all to work is like whenever something goes wrong that's when uh, it's difficult so there's a lot of these third-party services that make this a lot easier to to build and to debug these things uh, and I've used various tools over the years to do it myself, but when you're when you're dealing with you know cross-platform system like this, you know sometimes it's just it's just a bit of a challenge because I don't have a device for everything. Uh, one one thing that's that was fun last time I updated the software, I had to do a stress test. <clears throat> so one of the issues we had with the original version was. If there was like too many messages, like something went wrong and there was a big backup of messages because the server was down for a while or something, to go through that backlog would take a long time. It was slow and uh, sometimes it would just crash the you know the actual process, I believe, like, and that would be bad. So we didn't want to do that. We didn't want to like, and, and, and while push notifications are not guaranteed to be delivered, 
you know, we didn't want to be the ones that were, you know, losing notifications or something. So <clears throat> when we updated it uh, a while back, I, I to to use like this uh, RabbitMQ system and this other some other backends change we made, which made it like rock solid. When we were doing that, I, I had to test it on all these phones. So I borrowed like an Android phone because I'm not the Android developer. I had to borrow an Android phone, and I had some iOS devices here, and I I wrote a little Ruby script which I still use for testing. I wrote a little Ruby script that just dumps like however many messages I want into the queue. And then my little dispatcher is just running wherever, either on my desktop or on the server. Like today, what I can do is I can log in um, and I could just, uh, and to the VPN, I can just, uh, you know, with the appropriate like, you know, credentials and stuff, I can just dump a whole bunch of stuff into a queue just for myself. And it just sends all of them. So I remember I was testing this with like, different uh increments of messages like 100 then a thousand then it was like ten thousand i think i did like a hundred thousand at one point at, at one point i did so many messages i had an, an iphone i think it was maybe 4s uh, and uh that was running so many so many of these push notifications were hitting the device uh that when you looked at the screen all you saw was this blurred like list of notifications coming it was coming in so fast so fast and then eventually <laughs> eventually i crashed the iphone or at least like the springboard or something it was hilarious like i just it was just so many hitting it it couldn't keep up and all i heard was this ding 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 sound like it was crazy the phones got warm <laughs> because it was spamming so much oh my god uh it was it was uh it was crazy so yeah uh yeah the the phones actually got like really warm, like to a point where <laughs> I started getting concerned. I was like, wow, is this thing going to be okay? Um, also a great way to stress, to stress test your battery. You just send like a hundred thousand notifications at once to your handset. Um, it was really fun though. I think I had took a video of it with, you know, at, at one point it was very funny. I don't know if I still have it somewhere, uh, but it was, it was good, good times and good times. So I guess that'll be it for, tonight about push notifications they are probably one of the most useful little features we ever built into the system i know i had a good time dealing with it uh building it originally back then it was a little it was like a, some fewer options available for for some of this stuff and building it uh in-house was definitely the right thing to do then and uh it was fun to try to get something to work across the platforms and to build a system that that on our end was kind of universal. So so even though it went to Google and Apple and Windows and, and they all had different formats and stuff, when you look at the code today, when you look at it, it's it's all abstracted in a very common way on top of the library that I'm using. But it was all very abstracted in a common way. We had like a common database schema that, that was um, flexible enough that we'd been able to continue modifying things as as uh back it as like push services have changed a little bit we need to add new ones or or disable old ones and uh we didn't have to like completely remake our schema or anything like that so that's nice uh it it was a it's a pretty solid design obviously I, I think it can be improved like any software could be improved but it's been rock solid for many years now uh, especially the last like two two years or so um since uh we did the last major update to it and I'm really proud of it. I think it's cool. I think it's useful. And uh, glad I had the opportunity to work on it. But I guess that's going to be it for now. And I will talk to you tomorrow.
it slow.